right, it is March 10th, and you're back on another edition of Kentucky Politics Weekly. Uh, I'd like to welcome all those new listeners <coughs> who uh, may have been following legislature and are tuning in for the first time. Lots of new uh, Twitter followers this week. Don't know what happened there. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Trey Watson. <laughs> Joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Abby Piper and Jared Smith. How are y'all doing? Well, I just want to say I leave you all for one week, and we get called out on the House floor, so um, everybody needs to be on their best behavior. That's I, all I've got to say. I make zero promises on being on our best behavior. <laughs> I did have a nice talk with uh, Representative Fugit this morning, and I would, again, like to extend an offer for him to come on the show. Um, again, I leave for one week. Absolutely. I, one week. And you know I am proud that I that – I, at the beginning, I said I like Chris. <laughs> I, I, I have, I have. Chris has always been a friend. Um, you know, I worked Chris's first election was, was the party, um, and I, and I appreciate all he and his, his brother do for the for the flocks they lead and for the community. You know, we have uh, serious uh, political differences on a couple of key issues. So let me cut you off there before you get in trouble all right moving on just leave it there um i've got a further rant on a related topic that we'll get to in a little bit but let's let's start national because that's kind of where we get the, the fewest things to talk about this week um some breaking news from this morning uh jared the uh a, kind of a, a key bank when it comes oh. to the venture capital in the tech world silicon valley bank got taken over this morning by the federal government uh, after there was a, a, a run on the bank, uh, over over $2 billion in assets taken out yesterday, the FDIC said they actually don't know how much money is currently in the reserves right now. They're trying to figure that out. The bank's closed to reopen Monday, but, uh, you know, it's the biggest failure since 08. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this was the Washington Mutual. No. Well, the, there's tons of them. Yeah, but, but, uh, but it, anyway, the biggest failure since 08. And, you know, this is, this one's, this, this is a, a big deal. It's a big deal because this is probably one of the preeminent banks in Silicon Valley where venture capital switches to Silicon Valley is full of, uh, where they get their money and where they store their money and where they use their money to back a bunch of random business uh, uh, openings trying to find unicorn businesses. Uh, what I found interesting is that it is, you know, we've had a lot of talk about how the economy maybe had escaped the recession. Uh, depending on how you count the unemployment rate, it's still either way you count it, it's still a low rate, a very low rate. Uh, but this, some people are saying this could be the canary in the coal mine in the tech industry. That you know, if a bank like this wasn't healthy, and the, the, the crash of it happened quick, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a slow motion crash like when you know uh, Lehman Brothers was begging for a bailout, Washington Mutual was begging for a bailout back then. You know, they didn't even have time to beg for a bailout. You know, they failed. And what's very interesting is that. Usually when the FDIC has to take control of banks, they do it at 5 p.m. on Friday so it doesn't rattle the stock market and it gets and it gets everything over. Here they did it in the morning today, which is very rare, which makes me lead to believe that, you know, is it, were other banks going to fail? Because Tied in with this, you I think you brought up before we got on air that you think that um, they did it because the bank wouldn't have survived till 5 p.m., which yeah, is very I, I, true. I, I think, you know, based on, I mean, if you got two billion, two, two point, uh, the number I saw, I think, from Axios was $2.2 billion got taken out like yesterday. Yeah, I noticed that uh, hedge funds uh, yesterday were telling their clients to pull money. Yeah, you know, it, it, I did see that, you know, in the, the, the betting markets where you can bet on, like, the uh, what's going to happen with, with, with Fed, uh, Fed Reserve moves. Um, all of a sudden, like, last night and this morning, swung massively. They were, everybody was expecting another relatively large Federal Reserve rate hike, and that's now backed off because there's some belief that, this is because of the the, the, the continuing and the, and the threat that the Federal Reserve 
you know, pretty soon was was looking at another rate rate hike. Which I, you know, I come, I keep going back to. I think the Federal Reserve here has really screwed up because they're, you know, you use rate hikes when there are structural issues in the economy. You don't think inflation's a structural issue? I think that, I think it normally is, yes. But I think this inflation has very specific causes that can't get fixed by rate hikes because we have an issue that there's just not stuff to buy out there. You know, remember we started we started hiking the rates. We, well, first of all, we dumped all this extra money in the economy. Um, it, it was we were already coming recovering from COVID. Then we did another another package to put even more money in the economy. That 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 second package when Biden came in probably was not needed, but we did it at a time when there was still not any inventory because China was still with their with their with their zero COVID policy, and so you're putting money in the economy when there's nothing to buy with it. So that that drives well, prices up. What do you mean by that? What do you mean there's nothing left to buy? Look, I, the, that's why the prices. You know, we're talking about. Large durable goods. Um, you know, you can't get we can't get computer chips to, to, to put in trucks. I mean, you know, we went through the whole period where we were having issues with the supply chain, and so people wanted had money and they wanted to buy stuff, but there wasn't inventory there to buy. You so think it we're was still there. Of things. Uh, I think it's it, it is beginning to recover. I think there are still a lot of sectors, especially the tech sector, of uh, uh, you know, and, and technology and especially uh, home construction. Mm-hmm. And I, I read I was, there's an article this week about in the Herald Leader about uh, uh, material costs rebuilding from the, from the disasters in the east and the west. They said the the raw material, you know, the, the the wood and lumber and that, that those prices are starting to drop back down. Yeah. But the but they, but they just can't get like HVAC and they can't get mm. you know stoves and refrigerators. So that 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 okay. you know though those components are still are still lagging well you could buy american then you don't have to worry about that well you could except for most of those american things still rely on pieces that are assembled overseas again the like chips the, act like the four drugs that, that the chips act we just passed the chips act of manufactured chips here now well, we, jared that's the most conservative thing you've ever said <laughs> buy american well, no. Uh, no my but my point is you know you wouldn't have you wouldn't have all these problems with logistics at the at the uh at the ports, if you bought American instead of bought stuff from China, I'm just well, throwing that I don't, out there. I don't, I don't disagree with I'm that. You're not wrong. But the point is the rate, the rate hikes. The rate hikes to me were rate hikes were a direct uh, tool used to combat inflation. They were, but um, I'm but, saying that, hold on. Before that, the previous administration won't name names just gave blank checks to uh, Wall Street banks well, to the Fed up. to buy up stock of banks. Too. Yeah, they I mean, so like, no, we, we, we that's both, how we got, I mean. We, we've injected too much money in the economy. Way my, too much. My point is, is the. the Whoa, I, what's wrong with me today? My point is, is that. <laughs> Jared, Jared's crossed it, crossed it. Bro. Come on over, Jared. Give me some social issues. Give me some social issues immediately. <laughs> but, but my, my, my point is, is that, is that I don't believe further rate hikes are needed because our, our, our problems are not structural. They're more on the supply side. They're going to take care of themselves eventually. We just got to limp through until that happens. What and does limp through mean? It's a, just, it's a pretty. Just deal, deal with I mean, is that pain at the consumer's deal, pocketbook? Yeah, deal I mean, with that's the pain. gas pumps that people are always complaining about yeah. already. And it, we're gonna. Have, it, it is. It is better to deal with that for for a short time period rather than create longer term structural imbalance in the economy with continued rate hikes. I agree. I'd also like to point out that Trey and I and Abby, while all three of us are smart, educated people, none of us have a degree in economics. No. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That's why we are fun to listen to. In fact, in fact, in fact when I was in college, I told my professors, uh, I would love to take your economics class. Is there math involved? Because if not, I don't want to take it. 
I think I only made it to the uh, supply and demand. I think my son in high school has already had more economics than I have. <laughs> I actually took I took a, a, a developmental economic class, like about uh, developing economies. And I asked a professor specifically. I said, "Is there any math in this class?" I said, "Because I'm just I'm not good at math. I don't like it." I, don't, I said, "I like I love economic theory, but I don't I don't want to yeah. like if I'm ever going to work in a field that would be in economics, I'm going to have somebody giving me numbers. I just want to be able to interpret them when I see them." And he said, no, there's no math. It, it'll just be on the, the final project has some math, but it's a group project. So you should be fine. That's great. <laughs> group project. So, so the, mid, the midterm, 25% of the midterm grade was, was, one, was one formula and like calculated, figure out this. So I wrote the formula and then underneath the formula I wrote, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> <laughs> I got the test back and he wrote, sorry, and gave me full credit. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds a lot like when I was in grad school and I was forced to take uh, statistics, and I was like, "Oh, I can do this." And then I let—I literally wept in every single lab from the moment we began until the end of the semester, and I got a B minus out of just sheer grace and the fact that this guy did not want to ever see me again. I had to take uh, undergrad stats, and I didn't want to take it. It's probably the most useful class I still use to this till this day. Okay, well, I, bully for you. I, well, the, I, I also go to Vegas, so. I was the very first stats. class in my high school. Uh, I was in the very first AP stat class ever offered in my high school, and so the teacher kind of. That's disgusting. He was, just, he was kind of teaching, you know, teaching towards the AP test, but he he wasn't entirely sure, you know, what he was doing because it was the first first time we've done it. You know, with AP, you're teaching specifically to a test, and uh, he kept yelling at me to go back to throw my head back down and go back to sleep because when I was awake, I was <laughs> disruptive. Ended up getting the three on the AP exam because at the end of the day, it, it was basically an essay. It's math of essays, which I was like, all right, I can do that. But uh, yeah. So, all right, listeners. Anyway, I'm sorry, we've lost you. We're, we're gonna get back now. on track. <laughs> That was the most um, boring thing I've ever heard Trey say in my whole life. Jared, it's time for our uh, think after we <laughs> well, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Just when you think it's safe to read the news, to take take in the news, <laughs> thinking that you are free of one man's idiotic debacles <laughs> time and time again, Trey, guess what? What's that, Jared? George Santos is back. He's back. <laughs> Santos <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> All right, Trey, go ahead. No, the, Just when you think Jared, he's I'm, safe. I'm going to throw it to you for our Jared Santos update. Or Jared Santos. Or Jared, 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 Jared Santos. <laughs> this George Santos update brought to you by Blanton's. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, George Santos' friend told the feds that Santos was the mastermind behind a but 2012. Friend currently in prison. Friend currently in prison. Told the Small feds detail. that Santos was the mastermind behind a 2012 ATM uh, scandal. Where and I don't know the details. It's a, it's a skimming scam, like a skimming. That, okay, that, so you yeah. know, Ryan Quarles made a big deal out of it as ad commissioner, stopping people from you know where you go in, put like the skimmer on the credit card, yeah, the skimmer on it, yeah, and, yeah. So apparently George Santos was he's good at that too. So if you have a, a conspiracy, a crime, a fraud, a theft that you want to uh, to enact, Santos has already done it. Hit him up for tips. Uh, he's not really doing anything in DC anyway, so it's like that uh, that uh, ATM so, skimming. It's like that South Park episode. Simpsons did it. I'm going to create a jar for every time that Trey uh, says something about Ryan Quarles, we all get 10 bucks. Can we do that? Uh, We can retire in two weeks. We'll retire in a couple weeks. See what I can pay for it. All right, you're $10 in the hole. Uh, Yeah, uh yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just added something to the agenda. No, no, it was already on here. Oh, my bad. Okay. 
Um, God, pay right, attention. Do you have any, anything else natural to, to add? I guess, I guess uh, one more. Uh, the World Baseball Classic's playing. I'm going to wait till the later rounds to watch, but I, yeah. I imagine the Dominican. Dominican. <laughs> Abby just looks at me and goes, yeah, like she knows anything I'm talking about. <laughs> the Dominican team is literally amazing. It's an all-star team. It's an all-star team. It'll be awesome. It'll be shocking if they don't win. The Japanese team they got Otani. last night. They got Otani playing. Well, and, and Lars Nukbard fired up the team. <laughs> Japan's going to be tough. Dominicans are going to be tough. Cuba's already uh, winless, which is odd. Uh, Nicaragua, no, not, uh, Venezuela still have a team. I know they barely have a country, but usually have a tough uh, the Czech baseball Republic team. scored their first ever point. They, they, first they don't need to be playing baseball. I love, I've been to Prague. I love Prague. Prague was great. They need to, Did you go before or after the big flood? Uh, I went in 2013, so okay. I'm guessing o, before. O five, oh, no, after. Oh, after. O, okay. o, o five had a flood that took out like all of downtown. It took out the world's largest discotheque. Can't have that. Uh, which uh, I actually went to with a with a backup uh, defensive lineman for the Cowboys that we met we met at a at a bar like two nights earlier, and he, he ended up buying our drinks for like the whole weekend. It was very random. <laughs> I thought he was lying to us, but he kept buying drinks. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Because you, you, you meet a dude in the bar, he's like, yeah, my buddy's here. His his brother is doing a uh, like a road scholarship or something. Is gonna go looking go to college here, and I play I play for the Cowboys. And I'm like, whatever, man. As long as you're buying the drinks, got him and looked him up. Damn, he just signed up like a two year deal with the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the World Baseball Classic, I'm paying attention to. I'll wait till the later rounds before I get involved. Uh, spring training is almost done. As a Reds fan, I care less. Players unfortunately, going on right now as I speak. Uh, uh, yeah, players championships going on in Jacksonville. Man, poor. Uh, Which means what's around the corner? Waffle House. Masters oh. and Jared taking naps on Sunday while the Masters play. I just want to know. A tradition unlike any other. I just want to know if Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. Well, he, no, he's going to the Jets. Yeah, I think he's going what? to go to the Jets. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me this sooner? Because I forgot. Oh my! You don't even like him. I know. I wish you would retire. And well, I, are you prepared for the Jordan Love era? Because you better get prepared real quick. I am prepared. No, you're not. Nobody's prepared for the Jordan I am Love prepared. era. Aaron Rodgers emerged from his coffin of doom. And- <laughs> His and decided to go to the Jets. His fortress to of the solitude. Jets of all places. <laughs> Pretty much the only thing that convinced you to go to the Jets is emerging from the Taking a bunch of uh, uh, hypo whatever. Uh, you some, mean some uh, ivermectin? Yes, he took no, a no, bunch he of ivermectin bunch of, and now he's going to the Jets. Some peyote. He took a bunch of hallucinant <laughs> drugs, locked himself in a dark cave for four days and decided to play for the New York Jets, Jets. Which is about what would happen. <laughs> uh, I guess before we leave Nashville, a good bridge from Nashville to state is to wish a uh, happy recovery to Leader McConnell. Uh, had a fall uh, in DC the other day. It's, it's, I think, I believe, still in the hospital. It seems like he's okay. He's just, you know, guy's eighty-one years old and he got a concussion. You want to keep yeah. an eye on him. Yeah, and yeah. he's like the, you know, third, fourth most powerful person in the entire country. So, right. so he's eighty-one. He's out drinking late in DC. What do you think he was drinking that night? It's got to be a Kentucky bourbon. Oh, bourbon. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting though. I was, I was reading an article. There's like six members of the U.S. Senate not currently in the Senate because you got Fetterman, Fetterman's in, in, uh, Feinstein's at home with with shingles. You got McConnell. Jesus. That could kill her. <laughs> and there's there's two there's two others in the hospital. I'm trying to remember who. Fetterman, Feinstein, Feinstein. Um, there there are McConnell. two. There are two others who who are out with illnesses and or surgeries. Uh, I yeah. mean, doesn't that say a lot about our country though? That 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 term limits. A lot of our leaders are are at that age. I will also say McConnell is a titan of politics, and um, really hoping that he is he's well and, and safe. But you know that does beg I, the question. I will of, say this too: that you, if you want to see just the pure disgustingness of uh, people, sometimes read like go to Joe Biden. I retweeted. Go look at Joe Biden's get well tweet to McConnell, and the con- the, the replies to it are like, "No, I I hate you for doing this." Like 
It, oh, it's just disgusting. Uh, so I saw, I, I can't remember who the stand-up comedian was, so I don't want to be accused of stealing this from him. But he said that the reason we have so many crazies in the world now is because of social media. Because it used to be some dumb idiot in some dumb oh, town yeah. thought one thing, and everybody else was like, that's the stupidest thing ever. But then they get on social media and find some other idiot in some other town agrees <laughs> with them, and then it just multiplies. All, all the towns, all the town idiots of all the world. Yeah, because it yeah. used to be the rest of us normal people would be like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Yeah. Don't think like that. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's go to state news. And state then, news. And then we'll get to legislature last. Um, there was a GOP primary debate. There was? We'll, 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 we will um, call it a debate, but that's that's being generous. I don't think there's any no, – I didn't see any zingers. There was, I didn't there was see no debating. So uh, it was in Louisville. Uh, it was hosted by the Jefferson County Republican Party. Uh, how, how to craft do? Uh, uh, not present. Uh, MC by Mario Anderson. Uh, and I don't blame Mario for this because I think that he probably got his marching orders from the JCRP. But you know, they called it a debate. It was not a debate. It was a forum, mm-hmm. and it was kind of, it was kind of a shoddy forum at that because you had an hour long debate. They had about they had I think two or three minutes for an opening statement, and then uh, it was four of them: it was Keck, Harmon, Quarles, and uh, and Cameron. And then they had like seven or eight issues that they had one minute apiece to address. And then they had another like eight or nine issues that they had 30 seconds to address. Well, they're all generally in a general agreement on pretty much everything. Yeah. So with, with very, you know, minutia-based differences, you can't deal with that and, and talk about like how I am a little bit different from that guy with one minute answers. One, right. minute, one minute is not long enough to set. So it was basically an hour of, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Like, they could have just done an hour of raise your hand if you're for this. <laughs> right. And it would have been the right. same effect. You know, I think the the two people that I think came out of it, and, and JCRP did do something interesting, which is they polled the attendees before and they polled the attendees after. And the, oh, two, yeah, that. the yeah. two that saw their numbers increase were Keck and Quarles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that makes sense. I think I said in the podcast before, Jared, that, that I always thought that those would be the two who would, who would excel in the debates because... Uh, Ryan, no one is going to outstudy Ryan. He's, he's studying seven degrees for for no reason. He can study, mm-hmm. and uh, but he's also been a legislator, and he's he's now got executive branch experience. And Keck, as a mayor, has to deal with a wide breadth of breadth of, of, of issues. And he's uh, got charisma. He does, and I think that came across. I don't think it's enough, certainly, to win him an, an election. But I think people certainly uh, are taking a harder look at him, and he, he's got a bright future. Uh, Cameron, I thought was interesting because he kind of he seemed a little nervous and a little kind of off his footing. And I, I think mm. it's important to remember that all the times that we see Daniel give, give these great speeches and seem very uh, you know polished, yeah, very polished. Yeah. He's also he's also giving them either with a script in front of him or with a teleprompter out in front of him somewhere. Mm. This this he didn't have that, and and he kind of it was obvious he had memorized his lines. It looked to me like he was trying too hard to remember them and recite them. Rather than knowing the material and letting it flow, um, you know, he, he was he was he was reading off a script in his head, and it came across uh, somewhere between nervous and unsure, like robotic almost. Not robotic, ner- okay. ner- kind of nervous and unsure. Okay. Um, I will say I was very disappointed that Mike Harmon did not tell a single dad joke. Missed opportunity. Uh, I, I, that's am, true. I mean, I would have I would have lo- lost money because I would have I would have pounded the over on on Mike Harmon dad jokes. Yeah. But. Well, I will say two things here. The first is. The first time I, I was up close and personal with um, Cameron was at a fundraiser for a house member, and he, he happened to speak. There was no teleprompter, no notes, no nothing. And he, honestly, he did a hell of a job. Um, and I, I was very, very impressed with him in that moment at his ability to walk into a room, quite frankly, with 
every other person, probably, I don't know, 150 white people and him the only person of color and really, really speak to us as if we were the same type of people. I really appreciated that. I think he's a great orator. I will say that. But, but I think that's a different skill than being on a debate stage. It is a totally to different skill. specific issues and a specific question. I will also say, and um, I will just put the disclaimer out, this is a factual story. Uh, the first time I met Mike Harmon, I um, was at the Area Development District Christmas Luncheon for Lincoln Trail, and he was there, and I introduced myself, and um, he was like, well, what do you do, and where are you from? And I introduced myself, and I, and I answered the questions, and he said, ah, you're a constituent. And then he said, I don't really like to mix business with pleasure, but I don't have my other cards on me. And he handed me his nationwide insurance business card. And I have never, ever forgotten that moment in my life. <laughs> I mean, Mike Harmon's a nice guy. He is a nice He's guy. He's going to be yeah. He not, is a nice guy, but he doesn't have the polish to be our next governor. No, no. Period. No. I'm, I'm not sure if he's trying out for LG or what he's doing, but I will say this, though. He, you know, he's got, he's going to get 6 or 8% because he's got a solid base among the evangelical Christian base in the state that, that he's he's going to get and he's not going to lose. Yeah, but, and rightly so. But, you know, by and large, the, the debate... Eh, I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like polling. This was this was the initial poll you set to set your baseline, and you know, of course, minus craft, and and you know, we'll 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 see what we'll see what happens down the line. But uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a whole hot whole whole lot to write home about. What I would say is, anybody else looking at, at doing debates, um, I would highly encourage picking a lane. Yeah, jobs in the economy or social issues. Be, if you're only going to do an hour. Uh, you know, if, like if I were Spectrum, I would have I would have wanted two debates that I could have hosted: one on jobs and the economy, one on social issues. But you know, and candidates aren't going to agree to two debates <clears throat> from, the, from the same sponsor. Kelly Grass agreed to two debates. Period. Well, uh, but they, you just you, you can't you can't do everything they tried to they tried to squeeze in in an hour and 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 make it give it give candidates any level of time to effectively communicate and, and the fact there was no interaction right especially with, with candidates who have very little room between their views I think that's when interaction is most important because the candidates are going to have to take it upon themselves to point out how they're different well, so I Trey um, quick question just for our viewers how, how long do we have between now and the primary oh we're under 70 days okay and so for both Jared and for you Trey like as campaign folks which I am obviously not one of those people what does that mean well, hang on. Let me get before we get to that. Let me get okay. to the debate real quick. Okay. That's a good, 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 good point. I think it was a missed opportunity. Um, you only get so many opportunities to frame opponents. Uh, assuming that Keck is running for lieutenant governor, um, you know, I think he may have done the best job at the debate. Uh, I really thought Quarles and Cameron missed opportunities to define the other, the other, the other candidate. And I really think Quarles could have taken some shots, you know, or Cameron could have taken some shots on Quarles to preempt whatever is going to happen. Uh, so I, I, you only get so many. This goes back to seven days left. I thought it was a missed opportunity for the quarrels and the camera campaign. I, I'll say this though: with the format being the way it was, and only a minute to answer these questions, and and them all being very middle of the road kind of generic questions, I think in this particular setting, you would have had to shoehorn a hit in, and you would have you would have come off looking like far more of an asshole. In doing it in this format than you would say like a KET debate. Or I'm not saying a full hit. I'm it, saying just that little subtle dig. I, I, I still think you would have. 
I don't know. You you would have had to have made an extra effort to shoehorn it in with in the with the one minute format. It just I don't think the format presented itself to unlike to my that. friend the attorney general. I blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's, but the best problem is they're all pretty pretty close. On like you're yeah. you're ta- you're talking about describing some some pretty minute differences, and I, I I think the format did not lean itself to doing that. Fair. Um, but as, as far as the, the time left, you know, again, we've talked about before, primaries in this state are, are, are weird because of the Derby, Keeneland, and, and mm. NCAA basketball, and SEC is that you're, you're never going to have the state's attention until post-Derby. Uh, you know, now the, 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 the people that are plugged in are paying attention. People that are plugged in also probably have their, their minds made up who they're voting for. Yeah. You're, you're talking, you're, you're looking at the... 60% that are the more casual, you know, you're three the persuadable out of, voters. Three out of four, four out of four voters, but they're also not, you know, they got jobs and they're, 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 they're raising kids. Busy with life, yeah. Yeah, they're not, they're, they're, they're like real people. They're not nerds like us. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're not paying attention until after Derby. So right now you are raising money. Um, you are honing your message. I think Ryan Rolls is doing something smart where he's, he's rolling out a different policy thing once, a, you know, once a week. You know, you're trying to find ways to get yourself in the press while also setting yourself up so that once you know it's it's like you're a drag racer you get you get in the cartoon gassed up you're getting your gear on and uh the first sunday in may you're slamming the pedal to the ground as hard as you can and hoping you make it to the finish line first have we banned drag racing yet not yet not okay. drag racing no no oh, just okay. the shows now, just the shows well, just the shows I don't know. What, what if there are people in drag that are sprinting like you get like a hundred, hundred oh. meter drag sprint. Somebody call <laughs> Lindsay Tishner. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to more of that. Uh, <laughs> Kel- Kelly Craft is, is uh, back up on air. Two ads this week. One from her and one from her affiliated Super Pack. Yep. Um, let's hit the Super Pack ad first. I texted a, a reporter in the state, Jared, and I, I said, I, 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 I got to ask, man, said, is this ad a little bit racist or a little bit homophobic? Because I feel like it's one of the two. It's something. It's something. It's it's not a good ad. I know that. Well, we're talking about it, so. It, you know, I, I didn't say it's well, a good ad. We kind of have to talk about it, it's though. It's not going to win any know. awards, but it's got a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anytime you refer to a man as a bear, my mind goes a different place, especially considering, a lot of people don't know this, Kentucky hosts, like, and I forget the exact name of it, but, like, the national, like annual national conference for all 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 bears, like not anymore the, after this session. It, it's it's at the, the Griffin Gate every year. What? Oh yeah. It's at what the are Griffin you talking Gate about? You're gonna have to explain to her what a bear is. What, not, what are you not talking the about? Animal that's in the forest. Like a a, uh, a hairy gay man. Oh. There's yes. there, there's there's a convention every year. I'm sorry, folks. Gate. I am naive. I did not know that. There's there's, there's a convention at the Griffin Gate every year for oh. for them. They have like a have like 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 awards and like their king king for the year and like it's a whole whole thing uh hmm. so. <laughs> well as long as they don't dress in drag i think they're gonna be yeah, fine i don't know no oh. okay the session's not over yet anyway uh yes yeah, it's, it's a weird ad um the ra- the radio ad actually goes a lot further the radio ad actually uh you know remember a couple weeks ago we read off the, the questions that were on the poll including mm-hmm. this group had run because they're word for word hit hit some of the points, and they actually used a lot of the weakest points that they pulled. Like they used the we talked about the uh, criminal justice reform hit and the, the bail reform ACLU part uh, hit being kind of a weak one. 
They that actually gets used in the radio ad. Yeah, but then, well, that means they're going to use the stronger ones yeah, later. Stronger ones later. Yeah. Well, so where is the place for the cocaine bear? Uh, By the way, that, that movie that, was amazing. That that is the uh, uh, Kentucky uh, Fun Center or whatever. That uh, is that our new mascot. The, the Kentucky Kentuckians for Kentucky guys have the hey, cocaine bear. The actual co- stuffed cocaine bear is in Lexington. Yeah, it's Kentucky. down. It's down in Loudon. They got great T-shirts. You should go check it out. I, That's the Kentucky for Kentuckys guys. I will pass. Uh, uh, no, for, for no those, it's actually, I, I buy I buy my mom and sister stuff from that shop every year for Christmas. Oh for my those God, curious, sorry. Abby did not attend Cocaine Bear with me. I took my son I and three of not. his friends. I did not. By the way, if you if you've not seen the people that made Sharknado, are now fighting back, and they actually this is true. They have a, they have a movie in production, Meth Gator. Meth Gator, oh alligator God. on meth. <laughs> I, if I was a Hollywood executive, I would green light that in 30 seconds. Yeah. Go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> green lit. Go. I'm, I'm waiting for, like, Paley Donkey. Kelly Craft has another ad up today that's, that's attacking Daniel Cannon for being soft in the colon. She, she actually has a... Uh, she actually has a uh, op-ed that's in the Herald Leader as well. Oh, an Attack. op-ed in the Herald Leader. Attacking Ruh-roh. Daniel for not for not standing up uh, strong enough against the Biden administration. Um, and actually, uh, is that Cam- Cam- so? Cameron and Bashir worked uh, were on the uh, on the same side of a lawsuit against West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey and West Virginia Power on the closing of a power plant in West Virginia, but that also supplies power to parts of Kentucky. Um, and so it's it's attacking Cameron specifically on that on on that issue. Is that op-ed running like in the Paducah paper and you know like a paper where actually Republicans read? Well, yeah. Some, sometimes they the, it, you get it in the Herald Leader and then it gets syndicated out to like oh, okay. You, you you can call other papers and get them and get them to pick it up and run it. it hmm. You know, it happens fairly often. You know, when you're pitching, the, one, the only two papers that won't run something that appears in the other is the Herald to Courier. Yep. You got you got to pick one of those two. But then usually, well, and and it's let's. N- not pretend that the Herald Leader has any editorial board. Um, Whoa, and easy, for the and for easy. the and for just You're for the record, I could never actually physically no, give us the, a paper. For the record, as, well, that's also a fact. Someone who writes for the record, for the editorial board. All right, all right, Trey. <laughs> I am we trained as an investigative of, reporter, and I will tell you this. that the Lexington Herald Leader has no editorial board. And when I found that out, I was like, "Well, then you're not a real paper. There's no editorial board. You can't like. There's no meetings. There's no. It's just." Linda Blackford. That's all you got. Linda, I love you. Linda, I love you. Thank <laughs> you for running my op-eds. And Abby may not, but I love you. Uh, yeah, okay. Fair. Um, and the brothers, huh, Abby? Band of brothers. <laughs> Road. Uh, anyway, Kraft, so Kraft's back up. Stra- strange ads. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, the issue of ba- running a whole ad so, about, the coal, about coal when you're, you're so innately tied to the coal industry... Whether the ads are great or not, I guess my question is, does she have a point in these ads? Well, as we've talked before, I think at this point in the campaign, as long as it's saying the name Kelly Craft as frequently as possible, the subject of the ad is immaterial. Yeah. Well, maybe they have polling. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, Speaking we, of polling. <laughs> we know they pulled on these issues. Uh, let's talk about the DOJ real quick. Oh. oh DOJ am, me, me, unveiled. If you have not read it, it's 90 pages. Um, I certainly am not going to go through and read the whole thing. What I've learned is if you ask questions, oh, if something was mentioned on Twitter, someone will eventually pipe in and, and, and tell you whether or not it was in there. Um, yeah, so DOJ released a scathing report on Louisville. 
uh, on the police department, and the police department has now entered and into and metro a, government. Yeah, and metro government. They've entered into a consent degree with with the yeah. DOJ to clean things up. If you don't know what that means, it means both sides agree something's broken. They got to fix it. It's and a then, bare minimum. Yeah, and, and then there there's but there's, you're under DOJ. Yeah, oversight. Basically. Oversight. Um, and, and there and there's ramifications if you don't comply. So, uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a mess up there in Louisville, and you know. I, I, the, one of the things I was wondering if it was in there, and I guess it, it got a brief mention, is now don't forget, these are the same freaking people who did not get booted out of leadership at, 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 by Metro government and by the mayor when they had officers molesting children. Correct, in the Explorer scandal. And, and you know, I, I actually did read the whole report because I am the nerd here on the podcast. And, um, yes, I well, did. That's saying a lot when I'm hosting a podcast and I'm not the nerd. Uh, well, that's actually... <laughs> Well, my high school superlative. As we, as we sit with all of my Legos, I legit, Star Wars Legos. You know what? That is true. But my high school superlative was teacher's pet, and I am proud of that. Um, no, I did. I, I no, got up my, at. Mine was most likely to become a politician. That is true. <laughs> I woke up at 2 a.m. one morning. I couldn't sleep, so I read it. I read the whole thing. Um, what I will say is um, obviously, it's shocking that some heads haven't rolled. On this issue, I mean, you look at the the scandals of children being molested in the Explorer program and Fisher's inability to fire Conrad during that time. Yeah, and this is but- not a, a, like a singular offense. As we go on and on through the report, these are ongoing atrocities. And then Fisher disappears the people, during the Brown Taylor right yeah. upon the people of Louisville. By the way, by the way, where is he for most of the time? Yeah. He's the damn head of the U.S. Conference of Mayors. Oh, well, and he's working for Bloomberg at the same time. And so, you know, it's just that whole thing I, I really feel like is overdue, but I assure you the worst has not been uncovered yet. So getting to the point that's overdue, this report told us what a lot of people already knew, that LNPD was functionally broken. And that Mayor Fisher let it continue under his watch. Uh, Mayor Fisher gave a lukewarm uh, response statement after the findings were released. But you know, the buck stops with the mayor. This is the mayor's fault. Mayor should have fired Conrad after Explorer. Yep. Should have fired him after the fraud, the widespread fraud over time throughout the department. Didn't do it. Didn't even fire him to begin with after Breonna Taylor. Look, at a, bare, at a bare minimum, what we have seen in that report and what we know is that at least Conrad and probably Fisher should be criminally liable for a Ooh. lot of, um, frankly, arrests so and just, life-altering decisions and even deaths that so occurred the on DOJ, their watch. As Trey mentioned, the consent decree came in for DOJ for the police department and for metro government. The Department of Justice found that the Louisville Police Department regularly violated constitutional rights of the citizens of Louisville disproportionately harassed black citizens of Louisville at much higher rates. Harassed? I mean, well, yeah. tasered. Beat? They, Beat? They, they did not use proper procedure. And used improper force. During so during peaceful protests, which we all uh, traffic saw. Traffic stops. Uh, oh <laughs> and breaking gosh. and entering. Traffic quite stops. Quite frankly. Yeah. And, and the, the fact that no knock warrants they also found were unconstitutional. So... The home of Muhammad Ali deserves better than that, and that's all I'm going to say. Well, and look, I'm going I'm to call out who – this is Greg Fisher's problem. Greg Fisher was in that job for 12 years, and he made Louisville way worse than when he I, found I always it. wondered if Conrad, like, if his people dug up, like, they caught Fisher having an affair. Like, that's the, the question. The, the, that's, the, the, that's, that's the question. That's a strong rumor, I, I've heard and that that's all well. I'm going to say. I mean, you know, the only – because there's no reason you keep that dude in office after the Explorer no. scandal unless, no. unless he's got something on it. Because he didn't, because Fisher didn't have a backbone, didn't have a spine. But why would you keep somebody if you don't have a spine? Even then, after 
you know under your watch, under Conrad's watch, that children have been molested by state or by your city employees, by your cops, and then repeated instances after that. And I, I, we're not talking one or two. We're no, talking. It's, it's, it's right. It's we're point. talking fifteen to twenty. At that point, don't you become responsible for the atrocities happening to the people under well, your watch? I'm, I'm well, and, I, and I'll say something for the for the police department. If you don't, if you if you're not if you're not seeing heads roll from molesting children, then you know maybe they're like, well, shit. I guess we can beat people too. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not gonna arrest people from molesting kids. Hell, let's do what we want. It's not the right <laughs> thing, but it is a logical thing. Yeah, I mean, but I, also, you know, again, I'm, I'm not defending them, but I mean, if I if I'm a cop and I'm already a little, you know, juiced sure. up and, and and I see no heads roll on that, dude, I I, I think I got carte blanche. I just, again, I mean, Fisher's absence during Breonna Taylor when uh, President of Metro Council David James was answering all the questions, all the tough questions. Yeah, correct. And, you know, and he had called for Conrad to be fired for years, David correct. James did. And so I just think that um, it just, I can't fathom a mayor of a large city being so ineffective and that actually hurt his city, mm-hmm. set the city's uh, investment opportunity incomes back by 10 years, maybe 15 years. You know, Mayor Greenberg's got, I mean, I guess, you know, you start from the bottom here. Um, well, but he's done a good job of hiring, uh, frankly, um, former Metro President David, David James, James as mayor. well as uh, Keisha Dorsey, who will be critical. Smith. These Barbara, are people that have experience in in uh, reaching common ground between the East and the West. Yes. Keep in mind, Daryl, this very podcast with my own freaking money paid for a poll in 2020 that said a plurality of Louisvillians. Wanted Greg Fisher to resign. Yes. Like, in fact, I, yep. I thought he was going to resign. He probably should have resigned. He should have. Wow. Um, but this is what happens when you let problems go and continue and you don't pay attention to them. You hope they go away on their own. The fucking corrupt police departments don't go away on their own. And, Look and, at Memphis. And, and again, you know, th- you, th- this is a place where I, I truly believe the not using the full power that you have to punish people over the Explore program helped encourage. You know, problem over here bubbles up over here because you, you don't punish these people. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, hell, we can do anything now. Well, and, 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 and I and, will say, too, that this has reflected poorly on the ability of LMPD to recruit really good officers. There are some really incredible officers well, not just in that, police it, departments from border to border. Not just that, it, probably, right? it probably encouraged bad people to, Correct. to join LMPD. That, that's the issue right. when this happens. <laughs> right. Because the good ones are like, I can't put up with this. You the know? Bad ones like, hey, to, I go over here. They go to St. Matthews sure. or they go to J-Town. I want to beat some people. I'm going to LMPD. Let's do it. Anyway. Anyway, all right. Oh, oh, the one other thing real quick is that I saw in that study, in that report, that uh, Louisville Metro had paid out $40 million mm-hmm. in, in uh, civil- That's taxpayer money. Yeah, $40 million in taxpayer that. money- Very important. To, to, to about, what is it, to uh, pay off of um, lawsuits filed by- Settle. Settle lawsuits settle. filed by uh, victims of police misconduct. Yeah. Forty million of your taxpayers' dollars. How many bike because lanes? Fisher, how many bike lanes could that have been? Because Fisher, because oh Fisher wouldn't fire Con right after Explore. How many bike lanes could we? I have cannot paid? believe you brought up the bike lanes. <laughs> how dare you? All right, more um, bike lanes than any city in America. Last state, last state, <laughs> state taxpayer I've got before we go to the legislature. Counterclocks. Really? Swing and a miss, Trey. Counterclocks. Swing and it's a miss. Horrible. I'm sorry, Although, to it's be horrible. fair, their second logo of like the little alarm clock swinging the bat. No. With the, with the, the it's hands, not cute. It's the, not the grumpy cute. Face, I'll buy that hat. I'll buy that hat as soon as it's available. 
It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, manga. so somebody explain to me though why the counterclockwise. Trey, what, do you want to explain what, what it? Is that even fucking? It's so a horse racing the culture. The story behind it was yeah, that like the Kentucky kind of election specifically inspired. You know, we we run our races. If you go to Europe, they run the races clockwise. We, oh, we run, I didn't know that. Yeah, we run them. We run we run ours counterclock. Sure. Because England yeah. did it one way, we're going to do it the other way. Well, sure. And, and yeah. So it's like the rebel tradition of, of Kentucky that we we're going to do. That's different. the best we can come up. Counterclocks. With. Counterclocks. The counterclocks. I, I think you're trying to go for something kind of kitschy like. Like, I think, is it Birmingham or somewhere that had this, the trash pandas? I thought pandas. they were the Bairns. That's still not one, cute. One, one of the teams out there went with the trash pandas. And, well, that's and, cool. And it's, yeah, it's cool. No. It's, it's, hip, it's hipster cool. No. It sells a ton of merch. It's a raccoon. Oh, and my I, God. And it, yeah, it's a little raccoon. Would you buy a hat with a raccoon, a raccoon or the counterclock It's on? a raccoon. Neither. <laughs> Neither. That's awesome. Um, But, yeah, so it... Yeah, of so. all of God's creatures, we can't come up with something legitimate. Look, look, I absolutely love minor league baseball. I've been to a ton okay. of minor league baseball parks around the country. The counter clocks is not the is not where we need to land. Minor league baseball is amazing. <laughs> counter clocks is a questionable choice. Okay, so but minor so, league baseball is not. So what would you choose? I, what's wrong with the legends? Yeah, I know the legends? they wanted to rebrand it. I understand. I get it. Yeah, yeah. new owners they want to rebrand. Yeah, what's wrong with legends are, are going with something. More specifically, horse radio. Thoroughblades. Yeah, thoroughblades. Thoroughblades. <laughs> Bring them back. Oh, um, right. I think, look, I'm excited for the new ownership. I'm excited for, uh, they're going to put up a ton of renovations into that stadium it in North Lexington. Oh, yes, it does. like the Foxes or something. Come on. What does the Fox say, though? Oh, come on. Leicester City Foxes? Yeah. Can, we, can I second a quick uh, soccer? No, you cannot. Nobody okay. cares about soccer on this podcast but you. It's the most popular sport in the world. It's not even close. Okay, well. <laughs> glory, glory, Manchester United. Great job. Uh, let's let's move on to the legislature. Um, Do we have to? <laughs> yeah, it's it's been an interesting week. Um, let's start. Let's start, Jared, with, with gambling. Uh, sports gaming passed out of the House, both committee and floor. It's it's moving on the Senate. It got its first reading today. Um, Michael Meredith said that uh, they, he told a reporter asked on Twitter that he thinks that there's still maybe one or two votes short. In the Senate, which I've said, I've said since the filing day last year, I think even before the bill fi- uh, failed last year, I said this bill will pass in 2024. After I saw the filing deadline and saw who all filed and who Republicans had, I said this bill will pass in 2024. It will not have the votes in 23 and in 22 and one of the votes in 23 because it's the higher bar for a revenue generating bill in, in, a, in a short session. Um, I hope that it can somehow scrape up another one or two votes to get there in the Senate. But my suspicion is this bill will end up passing in 2024. I can't wait another year. I need my DraftKings. Well, I, need to, I need to gamble on XFL. I got, by the way, legal in Massachusetts today. I got, we got NCAA tournament coming up. I, I will say two things. The first being that the Senate took a long time to caucus today. Um, and that's probably emblematic of issues like these. Um, the other thing I will say is just generally, and maybe this is just me, but um, as a general practice, I think we should make policy the slow way. It's the right way to do it. And I think um, we but, shouldn't pass policy but unless policies folks, I want. Well, I, but I will say this. We are making it the slow way. Every yeah. Literally every single state around us has this legal except for us. So we are we have done it the slow way. I understand that. Now we're doing it the interminably slow way. <laughs> that's fair that's fair that's fair um, we'll see who knows I mean it could still get done Great Machine Bill as briefly mentioned uh, passed out of the house um, the the ban on it um, it got even rarer than seeing a bill get tabled which nobody that I've talked to can think of one in over 40 mm-hmm. years that a, a vote to table was successful um, it, even rarer is to see a bill get untabled 
which yeah, which has now happened. Um, and what's even more rare is that folks that uh, in what I would call the rebel camp that voted against leadership on tabling the bill last Friday um, came in on Tuesday and had their bills passed. It's almost as if nothing had happened. And, and then I you think saw that how quick very, the machines got very banned. interesting I, dynamic. I've heard a lot of. I, I don't want to belie confidences, with sure. members, which you know I do frequently on this podcast. But this one's this one's touchy, and I I, I don't want to to belie any sure. uh, any any stuff that's, that's been told me since last Friday uh, when the when the bill got tabled. But you know what I can say is I think that there were a lot of hurt feelings. I think there were some people who uh, who were not forthright, um, and there was a lot of confusion. Uh, that led to the, led to the tabling. I think there was confusion over whether or not there was going to be a caucus call. I, there was, I think, there was a lot of confusion, and there was some. There was just some stuff that floated around that was not accurate that that led to that situation. I think that um, leadership probably looked at it and said, "We know, we, we know what happened here. Now we got a grip on it." Um, and we're not going to hold against anybody who was right. not directly responsible for the situation. And you have to admire them for that graceful hand. Honestly, you have to. Um, for them to come in the next Tuesday and say, kind of almost all is forgiven, not necessarily, but almost all is forgiven. And we're going we're gonna to keep operating because we need to do that for the people of Kentucky. I think it's really, really admirable. Now, I want to use the situation to, as a public service to all members of elected bodies to give you some sage advice from someone who writes ads and writes mail pieces and writes robocalls. No one, when it comes election time, no one cares why you voted against something. Because all that matters is you have a vote on the record voting against it. I don't care what the procedure or protest or anger that you have with the bill or the sponsor or the process is. If you're for the bill, vote for the bill. Um, I have been mentioned, if not by name, by reputation, twice ever on the floor of the General Assembly. Both, both have been by people who voted against a bill that they supported, and I called them out on it. One was in, in a series of robocalls calls uh, against four Democrat members um, who voted against something in committee, and then I turned around and, and ran robocalls calls against them uh, right after the committee ended and before they could vote for on the floor, and then hit them with their calls afterwards, claiming victory that I made them change their mind, even though they said in committee they were going to vote for the floor, <laughs> which I thought that was fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you write the mail piece, that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, It doesn't matter that you were voting because it was going to pass 99 to nothing, and you wanted to make a protest vote out of principle because you didn't like the process that was passing the bill. doesn't matter. You voted, you know... I didn't like the that they did they they bypassed the two day wait the two day uh, window and bill process and the readings for hot lunches for war widows. I was mad about that, so I voted against it. You voted against hot lunches for war widows. Nobody cares why you did it. Like I, I don't understand people who vote against bills they're for because of of a process or a pro. No, because, again, when it comes election time, nobody cares why you voted against it. That vote is on the record. So all my legislative friends who listen, don't vote against bills that you support because no one's going to care. You're going to, I guarantee you, you will get hit on it in a future election. And that's true. And, and you're right about that. But I will also say process does matter. And, it does matter. And, and, and at some point you have to understand even you, that you're making a choice, right? But that vote even is not if the I time. say, 
I understand I'm taking a vote that will get me out of office, but this is the right vote to take because it is the wrong process that you have to respect. But we call that the Liz Cheney. The Liz Cheney? Yeah. yeah okay. and, well, and, and where, and where well, I like Liz Cheney. And so. where's Liz at right now? Home. Yeah. Don't care. I think she's done a great service to her guess country. What, but guess what? If, 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 you're, if you're not in elected office, you're just a guy on a mountain. Ah, does that make us? Okay, yeah. That does make us just but people we, on we, mountains. Yeah, I mean. That's true. It, but, but, I mean, but we've also got voices in, in rooms that we can go talk to people. You know, if, if you don't, if you're. If you're not willing to fight for what's right in process, then what are you there for, though? But the question is, what's what's the right fight in the pro in, in, in process? I don't believe I don't personally don't believe that it's voting against something I support because I'm mad about the process that's being used to pass it. There's other that's way, fair. There's, there's other ways you can voice that opinion, because, and purely because I won't be there to mm. fight against the process in the future. If I have that vote on the record, and, and that's used, the balance you have to strike, that's the balance you have to strike, isn't it? Again, if you're not in the room, you can't affect change. Correct. So you know this is the, the uh, now Kentucky's a red state, and they did come back and, and at least correct the vote, and a, a lot of a lot of members switched their votes on it, and so maybe that'll maybe that'll will make it easier for them come reelect. But that you know that vote is still hanging out there for anti gambling members yeah. that they voted against a bill that would have banned a form of gaming, you know, and that's up to their opponents to in a primary to decide how and when to use it. So, you know, I, again, all my legislative friends, don't vote against bills that you support. It's just, it's not good politics. And you're you're going to get, it's going to pop its, pop its head up later. Free campaign advice from Trey Watson. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to a happier topic. I get not happier, but more Bourbon barrel tax? Oh, okay. Ah. So, oh you, you guys, oh, man. were you guys actually watching today? Yeah. I was following on Twitter. I was watching. So, Abby, why don't you give us the lowdown on the interesting discussion we're going to set I don't need to go into anything except to say, except to say that at some point, Karen Berg asked on, Senator, I'm, I'm Senator Berg. I'm going to quote it. Okay, you're going to quote it. Okay, go ahead. All right, to make sure, and again, I'm just reading a tweet. That's all I'm doing. Make sure you cite the tweet. Yeah, that's Tessa Duvall. She's with the Herald, right? Yes. This is her tweet, and I hope you all can appreciate comedy and three acts, because there's three acts of comedy in this tweet. <laughs> Berg, have you attended a drag show? Tishner, yes, it was in Kentucky. Berg, did you find that sexually arousing? Question mark. All right, so there's two comedy be- beats, right? Thayer immediately yells that this is out of order. <laughs> That's in oh one tweet. Oh, my God. So we have the setup, the punchline, and then Damon doing Damon things. Damon is one of my favorite people on this earth, but I can just see him. Yes, I can just see him. Just sprinting to the back. Givens was presiding over the chamber. He didn't even wait for Givens. He's like, ah! There was also apparently, I guess it was, there was some sort of mention of, 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 a certain prevalent sexual lifestyle of 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 S and M. Oh, oh, hang on. S and M clothing of some sort. Berg also let us know what um what's the word I'm looking for fetish oh, or more popular than drag. In case you're curious, apparently feet were number one. Ears oh were like God. I think two. Was like was she looking up like uh, like Pornhub viewing habits for a second? Like, what in the? Well, yeah, you know, they, they release those statistics every year. Like, what's the most searched for 
like terms uh, in each state. I don't want to know what ours is. Honestly, why? I'm like ninety nine percent of it's either milfs or teens. So. Well, but you no, know how they that, do those like you know how they do okay. those uh, those quizzes and they show them up on the like local news like oh this is the candy that your state likes the most and it's always like Kentucky likes Twizzlers better than anything and you're like that is just not true right maybe it's one of those. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just anyway. I mean, um, I gotta give credit. It's, for, it's weird. It's weird all the way around. For, I mean. Senator Berg asking the tough questions on the Senate floor. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just go back to I don't I don't understand this. So, I don't I don't understand the 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 bill that's passing now is extremely oh wait, watered so, down right, from what twenty twenty two stepmom was the most oh stepmom my stepsister okay stepmom oh okay. Oh, Oh, really? And in Indiana, it was furry. For my wife, and that. Look, I just don't understand why this is <laughs> such an issue. I really, really don't. I'm not gonna talk about what Tennessee. And was. I am the only person on this podcast that has not been to a drag brunch, um, so I don't know the joys of that or whatever. But uh, <laughs> Tennessee, y'all. Tennessee, y'all need help. Y'all what need is help. If you're gonna ban women in drag, but that's your oh, top God. search tactic. And, and 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 if you can have your lieutenant governor. Comment oh, commenting like, on this. We're going to need another rating for the podcast. Thank yeah. you very much. We're not going to discuss what Tennessee's can't be rated so R here. Um, <laughs> you know, so the argument today was the bill has been watered down. That there's no longer need for what the bill is today because it's protected under the First Amendment. Um, and I think they took care of the issue of if you could dress and drag uh, for pride. Which they say as long as it's not sexual in nature, you can, from what yeah. I understand. If, yeah, if it's for artistic and political purposes, you can. Correct. It's the Mrs. Alfire rule. Yeah. That, you know, so it protects theater companies. And, I, you know, and again, it's it's a solution looking for a problem. I, I, I will say this. There, there, was, there was one and only one thing, one area that I think that this should be dealt with in. But, but I think it ought to be dealt with in a broader, more, uh, you know, more inclusive way. And I, I, I say inclusive when it comes to the issues is... I don't I, I I don't believe that that there that public libraries should be sponsoring or or public schools like that should be sponsoring drag queens coming in and reading to children. At, the same, do I. at the same time I also don't believe that and if and if you're gonna allow that, you have to allow this. I don't believe that public libraries, public schools should allow, you know, religious leaders who are for who are for uh, conversion therapy. Coming in and doing readings in public schools and public libraries, either. I don't I think they it. all, they, they, you know, it, it all ought to be disallowed from public settings, public public spaces. I, I just, I, I don't think. That Can that's... you dress and drag during a pride parade on a public street? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, t- I'm talking about specifically. He's a, talking about K twelve, which I'm is talking, a very yeah, sensitive K, environment. K, yeah, I'm talking about that specifically. If if your parents want to expose you to that sort of thing. That is, if your parents mm-hmm. want to take you to a drag brunch, that's fine. But take, take you know, next time Matt Jones has one, roll them down to KS Bar, get you some waffles, and yep. and take it, take in a drag brunch. And um, I, I think that's the dichotomy that we are all sort of grappling with here is where do parental rights end and school rights begin? Yeah. And and that's a question that none of us can answer here. But I do think, to your point, you know, school should be about learning math and science and literacy. And there's a reason and, and China. There's no reason why we can't teach current events. But at the same time, there's also no reason and history as well. But there's no reason why we should be uh, sort of stretching the limits beyond that for children because that's really the role of the parents. And I think as long as we can all come around that sort of consensus, we could get there. But I will say. For the last 50 years, quite frankly, 
public schools have been begging parents to be involved and, yeah. and we need parents involved. And so I think that that is just one of those issues that we're going to have to volley back and forth on until we both, both sides reach, reach, uh, you know, a consensus. It's not the legislature's job to raise children. Correct. But it's also not school's job to raise children. Well, yeah. but unfortunately in this modern society, they are. It's the only place to get hot meals a lot of the time. It's the only place they're safe a lot That's of the time. It's not raising. Raising is values and morals and and and, and cultivating um, systems of belief. Yeah. That's what should not happen in schools. Values, morals, and systems of belief if, if the, should happen if, with the parents. That also they shouldn't happen in the legislature. You can't legislate morality. I agree. If you had more stuff as like maybe like immediately after school opt-in type things or it wasn't part of a required curriculum. You mean like FCA? Um, yeah, some sort yeah. of prior curriculum, and, and you also didn't feel like an outcast if your parents didn't sign the waiver to let you do it, mm-hmm. or you know, you know, and it was it was as an opt in type thing. I'd feel a lot more comfortable with stuff like that. You know, offer yeah. a broad range of options for children to opt into opt into things after school. You know, immediately after schools, after school mm-hmm. programs. I've got much less of a problem with it there than if it's something that you're required to go to, like. Yeah. During your life, you know your your library special during at the expense of week. other curricular activity. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I got I got much less of a problem with it there. Um, and also, I, I mean, Chris Fugit, easy tray. Uh, ah. He has a First Amendment protection. By the way, I, was the, I, I love Chris Fugit. I work for Chris Fugit's first election. Um, I also, of course, I also love the guy I beat to death. I love Fitz Steele. Um, and I called call Fitz if it's we're gonna beat you, man. Just you know, and I, I, I'm gonna love you at the end of this election, but just, you know, he's got no. I got I, I got a job here to do, man. But uh, you know, I got no problem with Chris specifically. I just I have a, I have a disagreement with a certain group of people in the state on on a couple of specific pieces of legislation and a little bit a little heavy handedness that, that they take with their opposition to it. Again, I leave for one <laughs> one week, folks. <laughs> And this is the kind of chaos that ensues. It's not the first time. True. <laughs> I mean, I've had this podcast way before you guys. All right. Well, I need, uh, I, I need regular B12 shots then so that I you can know, uh, I keep everybody under taps. Unsupervised and work environments. Uh, All right. Uh, last thing. What else we got? Last bill to get to is a birthing center bill that's kind of kind of rolling through. Um, you know, this. Uh, other, other you st- said rolling through? Yeah. Uh, like making its way, meandering. I don't think it's going to pass. Except because Damon there specifically said. Bills that that might challenge uh, the certificate of need aren't going to pass this year, and this one certainly does. Um, I, here's what I'm going to say about birthing centers: other states have these. That topic has been brought up multiple times. We have them here. However, they are specifically affiliated with hospitals. They're close to hospitals. They have admitting privileges with hospitals. Uh, they're overseen by physicians, mm-hmm. um, and that is totally different than what we're talking about here. Uh, these things wouldn't be required to maintain medical malpractice insurance, which is frightening. Uh, honestly, no, they've got to have insurance. Honestly, they you, have to have insurance. You, you, you kind of want to like, all right, you can sure we'll legalize them because the first time a baby has something go wrong with them, uh, they will be out of business. They, well, won't, they won't last long. <laughs> yeah, well, look. So we, we've talked to doctors, uh, and this is obviously um, just a full disclaimer: an issue that we have. Uh, worked on for the OBGYNs, the American College of Obstetricians and, and, and Gynecologists. And I work for the hospital association, but, but I'd be against this anyways because it's just not good medical sense. But I will say that, uh, you know, uh, even our clients are not opposed to birthing centers and find them a viable option for women to use. But the, but the problem here is that 
And I think the reason the bill keeps hitting a brick wall is that there's this obstinance on their part that they think that they don't need somebody with hospital privileges or a pediatrician on site who can act in this in, in the case of an emergency. And what happens? Sure. And what happens, what we've heard from folks, including folks at the hospital association, is that what happens is the the bad case scenario, the worst case scenarios that come into the Virgin Center, they end up in the hospital and doctors are faced with a life-threatening situation where they have no knowledge of the patient or the baby. And they are, by the way, financially liable for the success or outcome of that birth. And so I think that this is just one of those very common areas when we talk about healthcare policy, where we have to bring people together and understand, like it, Options are options. Choice is choice. We've talked about this in schools too. Choice, school choice, healthcare choice, whatever it is, parental choice. We want Americans to have choices, but we also need to make sure that the regulations in place are protecting the people that we are uh, also trying to give choices to. And I think that is where the bill is is really, truly hitting that brick wall. Well, this, this is also one of those areas where I always say, you know, you, you learn in political science classes that politics is, is a bell curve. Mm-hmm. It's not. Politics is a circle. And this is one of those areas where the, the, the right and the left meet at the bottom of the circle for, for different, well, not even really for different reasons, pretty similar reasons. The far right and the far left, they want to use doulas and do home births and do all this kind of weird new And that's aging. okay. And Yeah, and, that, and that's fine, except for like, you know, there's like, then you want to complain about why infant mortality rates are on the rise in the U.S. Well, and, maybe- and by the way, 90% of Kentucky's ma- uh, maternal mortality rates are, uh, mortal- mortality deaths are preventable. Yeah, it, it's, and it's because people are, they don't trust, you know, corporate medicine or modern medicine or, you know, what, whatever your reasoning is for wanting to do this. Yeah, medicine likes to keep you alive. I'm for it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, well, you know, here's my thing. Like, all right, if, if God didn't intend for, you know, if, if you know people say, well, I, God didn't want this," well, I think God put doctors here. Well, and the other thing like, that we have to <laughs> consider when we talk about things like this is that uh, a, a lot of the maternal mortalities that Kentucky mothers experience is a result of opioid abuse, and our birthing center is truly equipped to deal with. Um, what we call um, NAS, which is neonatal abstinence syndrome. Um, Are they equipped to deal with mothers who are withdrawing from opioids while they're giving birth? And I don't know the answer to that, but that is certainly a a recorded dynamic that we have to consider. Well, here's the thing. In in the birth of a child, if something goes wrong, time is absolutely of the essence. And if you don't have an admittance agreement. If you're not across the street from a hospital. Yeah, if you don't have an admittance agreement. An agreement, agreement that like, Something goes wrong, we're coming right to you. We got a bed right away. Yeah, you gonna, don't have to fight for a bed. You don't have to be yeah. seen first. They're going to yeah. have to call around. And like you said, the doctor's not. Who's got a bed? Who's got availability? And, and, and here's the thing: what you usually in a situation like this, if something's going to go wrong, it was probably going to go wrong anyways. Yeah. So whether or not you were the birthing center or the hospital, it was probably going to go wrong. Well, now because you're the birthing center, it's that it doesn't have an, an admittance agreement with the hospital. That time that you're losing. Is a hundred percent your own fault for having gone to the birthing center because yeah. because you're it was gonna go if it went wrong it's probably gonna go wrong anyways and you could have been at a hospital or at a birthing center affiliated with the hospital mm-hmm. or a birthing it, center that has access to the appropriate yeah, care could have gotten immediate yeah. immediate care and now you're the time that you've spent is 
potentially putting the, the, the life of the mother or the child at risk. And Kentucky's administrative regulations right now actually do, they're very strict. They're, they adhere to uh, a standard beyond the American the American College's standards, which says that there should be one of those individuals present. The bill that is problematic now is that it would strip it down to the, the uh, total to the national standard, it's, it's, and our standards are stricter. I mean, this basically, if I'm not saying this, basically would allow like a group of duels to set up a set up an operation where they can they can give birth there. Well, look, I think I think the baseline that we have to all operate upon is this: that wh- whatever you believe um, about Kentucky's abortion laws, the way, the way that they are now. The fact is that we want to have healthy moms and we want to have healthy babies. And anything that we can do to ensure that is what we have to do. And in a state where we are basically saying, if you're a mom and you're about to have a baby, you have to have that baby, then there's no excuse for 90% plus of our maternal mortality rates to be preventable. And so we've got to get our hands around that. Yep. And and, forced birth is barbaric. And and you're, you're, well, you're going backwards by allowing people to just set up birthing centers without all the proper... We ha- nobody's done a shameless plug of the week. I don't even have one. I don't either. Oh, I got I got one. Well, I got two things real quick. Not to our view. Oh, okay. <laughs> one. These aren't shameless plugs. Okay. This information for our viewers. One tonight, Yacht Rock Review, Lexington, let, Manchester let, Music Hall. Listeners, let, let, listeners, I do not. I'm being forced to go against my will. Yacht Rock Review tonight, Lexington, Manchester Music Hall. It's a blast. Grab your captain's hat. Come out and join if us. If anyone wants a ticket, you can have mine. And Max Wise may be there. Is he really? I've got, I don't know, but I've got a great picture of him in the captain's hat. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, two, The Athletic just broke the Harvard women's ice hockey scandal. Hazing, naked skate, and a mental health hunger games inside the Harvard's women's ice hockey program. Oof. One person likened the environment to the Stanford prison experiment. Okay. Well, we're going to have to deal with that next week. I won't tell you about uh, what's naked ice skating Superman challenges for females, but it's in The Athletic article. And um, it's, wow, it's 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 eye opening. I have a lot of questions about your Twitter feed now. It's actually on Instagram. Oh, my bad. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse me. Are you following the same accounts as the Tennessee Lieutenant Governor? <laughs> no, no, totally different. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. My man. I mean, y'all vote. They vote to ban cross dressing, and then he's I, out there commenting on. <laughs> I want. I want to give praise. I want to give praise to the to the comms director for the Tennessee Lieutenant Governor. <laughs> Because, man, his statement was some of the most impressive tap dancing and, and was it more, more t- I've ever seen. I, I, I was actually talked to a couple of, of, of political friends of mine in Tennessee who said they've talked to him. They said they talked to, to the comms director. He said, man, he said, I did the best I could with what I got. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, would, I encourage you to go. Let me, look, let me look it up real quick. If you haven't seen it, so the Tennessee lieutenant governor, he's like 80. He's an old dude. And you know how old people are on social media, so he's got an Instagram. No, account. Don't 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 stand up for him. But he's got an Instagram account, and, and so he's he's just been like. And cross dressing is illegal in Tennessee now. Yes, they, they, okay. so he, but he's been like commenting like super look on and like fire fire emoji on pictures of young men in various oh, states of undress on Instagram. It gets worse too, and, by the way. It's really pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's all just kind of worse than fire emojis. It's 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 all. It's, it's all, not that, subtle. That Let's just put it that way. It know. is not subtle. No, it's all kind of icky. So here's the here's the statement from the comms director, which uh, <laughs> I mean, this is some like first class. <laughs> oh my god, what am I going to say about this? Okay, this is the best <laughs> I got. Work right here. 
Trying to imply something sinister and inappropriate about a great-grandfather's use of social media says more about the mind of the left-wing operative making the implication than it does about Randy McNally. As anyone in Tennessee politics knows, Lieutenant Governor McNally is a prolific social media commenter. He takes great pains to view every post he can and frequently posts encouraging things to many of his followers. Does he always use the appropriate emoji at the proper time? Maybe not. But he enjoys interacting with constituents in Tennessee of all religions, backgrounds, and orientations on social media, and he has no intention of stopping. When I think of tolerance, when I think of tolerance, I think of the Tennessee government. Again, if if I could get, if we had like a like a Kentucky Politics Weekly, uh, like Comms Director of the Week award, that's it. Give it to him. Go to that guy, man. He's in the Hall of Fame with that statement. How dare you shame a great grandfather for being on the internet? Because he always used the appropriate emoji. (laughs) But he has not used appropriate emojis cast the first song. I mean, it's a a comms guy myself. Sometimes you're like, oh, what? Oh, shit. What what do we even say about this? Good. Like, that is a... And that is my favorite part is the last line. He does not intend on stopping <laughs> anytime is, soon. Remember, when you write that, it, it's got it's also going to be something <laughs> that the guy will approve. Like because yeah. the lieutenant governor's got to approve the state's going out. So you have to do something. You have to write something that a protects him as best as you can, while b being something that he'll actually allow you to put out publicly. And so just again, oh, a plus work to that comms dude. Yeah. Tennessee. Mean, the T is, stands for tolerance. That is, I mean, just incredible work. Um, a plug of the week, yeah. Uh, so, um, everybody get the FCC on call. Um, the uh, in, in the infinite wisdom of my friend uh, Dave Cruzenclaus, I've been invited. I'm going to uh, you know over over Christmas. I, I guess I co-guest hosted the uh, Cruiser and Cruise show with Damon Thayer, where Damon told me basically I was there to make him look good. Mm. That's his specific words, and I, I, I said so. I'm like Ed McMahon. He said yes, exactly. All right, um, but I'm getting my own my own solo guest hosting gig. The cruise is on vacation next week. I'm guest hosting on Wednesday. WVLK five ninety. You can text in on the Stuttgart Motors text line. Um, I'm gonna be uh, on from three to six. The cruise and crew. I've got uh, Congressman Guthrie is gonna come on with me at uh, four o'clock. Uh, I got uh, 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 frequent podcast guests. Our of- official horse racing analyst of the Kentucky Weekly Podcast, Jim McLean, is gonna come on at five o'clock. Uh, Dave Baker. It's going to come on and talk basketball at, uh, at 5.30. Uh, you know, hopefully I can prevent myself from cursing and getting into the VLK kicked off air for uh, for three hours. We'll see how it goes. But uh, it'll be, uh, we'll, be give a, we'll give a gold star shout out to what, whatever <laughs> listener uh, provides the best question during that three hour slot. <laughs> I'm, assuming okay, will, I'm assuming it will not be Jeff Fugit. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assumption. Uh, Cats basketball, we going to win tonight? Oof. Nine o'clock, Vandy. We have Vandy. Vandy, SEC tournament. Yeah, we'll be fine. We, we were beat up last time. Do we have a point guard now? Is Casey Wallace playing? Is he back I don't know on? If Wallace is playing. I mean, to be honest, we're in, we're in the tournament. I'd be okay if we didn't if we didn't play. Somebody told me with a relieved expression today that Wheeler was back in and I was like, I don't think that really, thank you. I don't think that helps. 18 to 21 year olds. I, I did not make that agreement, sir. Okay. <laughs> They're adults. <laughs> Although I was, you know, I was once told you can't yell at 19 year old girls on Twitter. But that's I'm there. not yelling. I'm just saying, Jones. I don't think that Wheeler being healthy is, is necessarily God. an impact. I would prefer that Casey and Wallace be able to play. Um, or that we have a general point guard that is I just found out Trey is not allowed in Floyd County. <laughs> oh, well, for, for 
variety of reasons. That's all right. That's all right. Awesome. Some some statements I made against the cockfighting industry. They're not. Oh, wow. Poultry convention. Poultry convention. Um, Poultry show. I'll do it. But, you know, I'd be okay with resting. I mean, we're in the tournament. I I don't. Man, what? If we win the SEC tournament, we move from a six or seven seed up to a four or five seed. Yeah. Yeah, but I like like getting momentum. I like reeling off a couple quick wins in the conference tourney. The momentum's good, but if if, if getting momentum means, means rushing case and back. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather rest up and get healthy rather for, wait. for a yep. run. That's fair. I agree. With if, you. if case and, excuse me, if a point guard can be very healthy for the March Madness tournament, then I will sacrifice the conference tournament. Yeah. Uh, this just in: the House Standing Committee on Education's agenda was just released for Monday, ten a.m. Anything exciting? SB five. Yeah, we figured that would be on there. Uh, what about one fifty? Nope. Oh, interesting. But they're going to have another. I, I, gonna That'll have another probably one appear uh, on Tuesdays. Yeah, I think Ozzy had already said he, that they'll probably be on, on the agenda for, for, for uh, Tuesday. For, for the regular Tuesday. This also, is Monday's the, call. the Dolphins have informed Tua Tungavailoa they're picking up his fifth-year option. Okay. Do, what do you do if you Miami? Do you you keep Tua? I think. You I mean, keep, is he the long-term answer? I think you keep him, but I think you draft. I think you probably, maybe not a first-round pick, but I don't know because they're picking towards the end of the first. If you can get a decent quarterback, I mean, I think you got to have a, a you have to have a, a really good backup because two has shown an inability to, to stay healthy. And you know, while the Tony Cornett show podcast all the time, and Tony thinks he ought to find a new line of employment just because it. I mean, your know, concussions are funny. Some people are very susceptible to them. Some people could knock their head against the wall a thousand times and never get one. It seems like Tua is. I, I do. I do know he was taking judo classes to learn how to fall. I'm serious to protect his head hmm. from how he falls. Oh. Speaking of taking classes to learn how to fall, Abby, how's our jujitsu classes coming? I'm sorry, this is not really important, but I have I fell and broke one elbow this summer, and I recently fell because. Listen, somebody mopped our floors. First world problems. And they they waxed it too much. And I went home after a long day in session. (laughs) And I put on like my little fuzzy socks and I slipped and I fell on the other elbow. And now Jared is concerned that I only, like he doesn't understand what's happening when When I fall. When she falls, she just like flails her arms out. I don't know. It all happens so fast. You need to send her over to Matt Jones and let her take some OVW bump classes and learn how to like. There you go. Which which probably brings me to, I don't the last story for the day. (laughs) Have you all seen this? The WWE is in talks with various regulators from states, including Indiana, about it being legal to take bets on WWE matches. Hmm. They want to make it to be legal to bet on a scripted event. Interesting. That'd be, that'd be, if, if you're somebody that does the storylines of WWE, wouldn't you just bet? That'd be like taking prop bets on soap operas, like... You know, I got five five to one that Deborah throws a drink in Tom's face next week. <laughs> I got ten to one that uh, Joey wakes up from his coma. Friend, friend of the podcast, uh, J- Jason Emmerd, who I hope to have on after session wraps up. He's our he's our Ukraine expert. I know he has yeah. lots of thoughts, and wants to bitch about things. Um, oh, uh, he, he he replied. I, I tweeted something. I put out something on Twitter. And Jason said I would one hundred percent gamble on Mexican soap operas. Which I think that'd be great. Telenovas? Gam- gambling on, on Telenovas, I think that'd be a, a, a great sport. <laughs> if, you, if you think you go to a film festival and you see a lot of overacting in those very, very low don't budget don't, don't. Telenovas. Oh, oh, chef's kiss. Yes, absolutely. All right, well, that's it for the week. As always, you can get Kentucky Politics Weekly or every stream podcast. Get us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. And be sure to turn, tune in and listen to me on Cruiser and Crew uh, Wednesday. And uh, again, on the Stuttgart Motors text line, 
uh, send me a message or you can call in. And I, I don't know if, if I have time for callers, but if you're particularly obnoxious and, and annoying, maybe we'll put you on. 3 to 6 p.m., right? 3 to 6 p.m. on Wednesday, right. yeah. So we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk to you on the podcast uh, next Friday. Till then, uh, have a good weekend. Go Cats. <laughs>